Ready, set, whoa. Welcome to the show. Today we got Michael Medall, CEO and founder of Wave Gods, also singer-songwriter, recording artist. How are we feeling today, buddy? So good to be here. Oh Welcome, my gosh. Man. Highly anticipated. This is it. I think this was Cody's. I've been really excited for this one. We've been getting to know Michael uh, so much over the last year, but I know there's still so much that we don't know about you. So mm-hmm. um, really looking forward to just kind of diving a little deeper in here and seeing what we can get. Love that. I appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, you look awesome. Thank you. The so all purple saucy. fit today. So saucy. <laughs> Drip. Definitely a lot courtesy of whoa for sure. Gotta shout them out right off do the top. Do we need to do we need to do the drip check right away? I think we should oh just start with the drip check <laughs> just to kind of ease I our mean, way into he just it. he's like so royal right now. I'm feeling so. very amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Love do you, you have guys. any special brands that you are wearing currently that you do want to shout out on uh some type of love. I appreciate that. Yeah, like right off the jump, like in the spirit of you guys inviting me out for this incredible podcast and moment together, I want to shout out, uh, whoa, you guys are incredible. Um, from the you. first time I met you guys, I felt just an electric energy and so much passion behind what you guys do. Um, and it really does inspire me as a human being having a spiritual experience. Um, maybe I should flip that the other way around, though, like a spiritual being having a human experience, because I believe that we're spiritual first. Yes, sir. Um, And I really love what you guys do. So the hat is, of course, the purple drip from Whoa. And then exclusive that exclusive alien drip hoodie. Oh, um, my goodness. I like that one. Because I know that this one is not going to be around soon. So I knew that this had to be a lifelong collection for me, um, something I can wear for the rest of my life. So it's a special um, piece. I'm stoked to have that. And then um, moving to the the shirt below, I got to yeah. shout out my More boy, purple. Jordan. Um, yeah, Jordan. The Moon is a Machine. Moon is Machine. Such an incredible he, piece. He did a really great job on that. Another artist out there that we get to see a lot. And um, yeah, like a very softly spoken dude, but like his art just speaks volumes. And mm-hmm. I love that about him. He's just got this really unique personality about him. And, you know, again, just even with like the the whole tagline, Moon is a Machine, it just automatically makes you think. It automatically takes you to another uh, dimension with what he's doing. Yes, sir. Um, and then right away, too, I just want to shout out Sonny um, for, for the pants. Um, Sonny Hemp Clothing. Yeah, so awesome. Sonny Hemp Clothing on the pants. I got to shout him out. Ooh, he he really guy. he really plugged me on these. So, you know, Those shout out to the, to the local artists always keeping us fresh. And, of course... Um, you know, all the jewelry is, is by us. So Wave I'm gods. Oof. really stoked to be wearing that as well. Shining. Let's, let's get just a little bit more into that magical wave gods experience that mm-hmm. we share so much alike with our brand. Whoa. Can you just kind of give us that brief introduction into what you guys do at wave gods? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for opening up that, that opportunity. Um, so with wave gods, the massive intention that we have and that we've had since the foundation of our brand is to spread peace, love, unity, and respect, but also with a very high intention of uplifting the vibrational frequency of the planet through our handcrafted jewelry. Um, And really just putting our energy and our intention into each piece and even working with beings that come to us in different scenarios in in their life. And I think that's my favorite part about how we facilitate the experience is that they can approach us and and tell us about where they're at in their journey. And then at that moment, I hollow myself out so that divine source energy can move through me in order to best serve them with the crystals and gems that 
I feel in my heart will help guide them to where they desire to be energetically. Um, and then a lot of the times it's kind of like a, a place of sacred remembrance for the people that come, which is just like remembering that it's already there. It's already within that person. And sometimes you just need to tap that door. You need to tap that temple and, 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 and something awakens. And I think that's what I fell in love with, with what we do, um, is watching the lights come on in people's eyes in those moments where they maybe feel like they're a little lost or, or, or don't know where they're at. Or then there's a whole nother spectrum of people we work with that are so already tapped into that frequency that will come to us already knowing yep. what they want. So it's, it's constantly, and, and, and just to kind of tail end it, like I'm, I'm in love with challenges. Like, I feel like that's what makes me thrive. And, and that's what it is every day. It is, there is a challenge there. It's very natural, but I love that natural element of a challenge of like, you know, how can I challenge myself to be the best for this person right now in this moment? And then it's the ultimate surrender, the ultimate um, testimony of being present with that person. Wow. Um, for all you that don't know, Mike is most of the time located in Pacific Beach. Um, you can catch him always from Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But right now it's um, he's out there a lot. If you need to feel that special experience that he just described, definitely go check him out. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's an experience that you won't forget guaranteed. Love you guys. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate this. Definitely powerful pieces. When you put them on, you can feel the energy, the intention behind the pieces. Mm. Yes. You explained to me one time that you like gridded out pieces and I had never heard that before. Mm. And you were, can you kind of explain like what that meant exactly? Like, yeah. So this is something that I was just talking to my parents about this. Like right now I feel like there's another dimension. I think as humanity that we're entering, I know that I feel it very strongly where I'm starting to really get clear, clear visuals when I'm working with a being that is coming to me of not only the actual crystals and stones that I'm literally supposed to be putting together for them, but then also like where it comes to the grids is I almost imagine the stones shooting different grids like lights so imagine, for example, um, you know, there's a sacred circle or a bracelet. I like to call them sacred circles. And there could be amethyst at the top, bottom, left and right. Mm -hmm. I imagine that as a grid right. line of okay. ultimate healing of protection, mind, body and soul. And then maybe I feed in unikite, tiger eye. And basically kind of to sum it up in, 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 in another way would be like, utilizing stones that harmonize together to create a sacred geometrical pattern that is basically shooting through that person's wrist and mm -hmm. body um, in order to create that that conscious connection to their spirit and also to the spirit of the the whole universe and um, it's something that I feel very called to to doing and and I feel really honored and blessed to be able to even explain that process on this podcast because it it's a lot, you know, and, and it's, it's another level of intention that I, I totally, I, I couldn't imagine it any other way. Um, just wow. doing it that way. That's, <laughs> I, I had a really special experience with ayahuasca when I was 19, I got blessed to be part of a ceremony and through that made an incredible connection with crystals. Mm. They had always been shown to me and crystals and gemstones, I guess, cause they, they had always been shown to me by friends before that 
up until I had my own personal experience, so I couldn't fully believe what they were telling me. You know, mm. I believe them and their own truth. Right. Yeah. But it's hard, you know, when you don't have your own experience. And after I did ayahuasca and I felt a physical energy transfer between me and the crystals that I had chosen to put across my body at mm. that point and forever changed like how I saw crystals specifically and gemstones. But then that also deepened my connection and love with Mother Nature. Um, it's beautiful. What's your story on gemstones? Did you have like a special experience or how did you... Yeah. get tapped into that whole side of mm. this ex human experience yeah like right away I, I just got to thank my my mother you know um and father like being tremendously blessed with with parents that saw that spiritual vision and i think for me i was already developing a relationship with spirituality and crystals before i even really understood it so like in my home there would be like you know these incredible crystal pieces that my mom would bring back from places like brazil or all these trips that she went on and wow. um and then like different buddhas and statues so i remember as a kid and i'll never forget like the first time my mom put a um it was like a tiger eye heart in my hand and i just like couldn't even believe that something like that could come from our earth and be natural like that and it was just like in that moment i always felt like there was gonna be a continued connection with crystals but it was something that unveiled like we talk about the unveiling of a rose or the universe itself it was like almost like this this just completely hidden gem that was kind of waiting to unveil itself in this format and in this amount of energy so it, it's really interesting to see like from that seed now and then falling in love with the cultures that kind of intertwine and weave sacredly with crystals and how that brought us here yeah. um but i really just gotta say mom dude like just her vibe is insane. Like just everything that she's about is healing. Um, so she's a reconnective healer and also an artist that um, works to channel um, from the spirit realm and place these messages onto canvas, which has inspired me since I was a kid. Um, and it really gave me my first outlet of seeing somebody that could do something artistic, but that was also like deep into this level of spirituality that I, you know, was just beginning to even remotely understand. So yeah that's super special to have such a positive influence like that um so early on mm. to um affect your journey in uh, a lot of positive ways so thank you for sharing that of course do you remember the first person that showed you crystals i know along somewhere along my journey i definitely started giving you crystals i don't you know if were, i was the first to introduce no yeah you, to you, that. Were, you were definitely one of the first <clears throat> i'd love to shout out my boy ryan randall as well um Very he powerful. was one of the first to to give me a couple crystals. Also, um, David James too. He was uh, a huge inspiration, giving me crystals that he had held on to in his pocket or just around with him for months. And mm -hmm. I know you did the same. You practiced the same thing with Sonny, carrying around certain pieces with you, and then with the intention to give it to somebody so that they can also feel that Carry vibration. That yeah, that energy. <clears throat> um, so I, I think my first special moment was having. It was actually in San Diego after a music event. Um, I was with Ryan, we were staying with some friends and they had a bunch of crystals and I picked up a piece of labyrinth, mm -hmm. um, and just that blue, green, orange, yellow. Mm -hmm. I saw a whole story and a nice flat piece that was just shining the right way in the sunset and kind of had that similar experience where like, damn, how did something this beautiful come just natural from the ground? And mm -hmm. I just remember having that very similar experience. So, um, 
yeah, ever since then, love collecting, love um, learning more because that's something that I definitely, um, being around Mike and Wave Gods um, in PB, just, you know, learning more and more and trying to tap in as mm-hmm. much as I can with that, uh, with that realm. Hmm. So powerful. One of the things I wanted to, just to take a step back from Wave Gods for a second, Mike, is kind of touch on some of the other inspirations in your life, which I know you also have um, a ton of passions, um, including skateboarding. Mm. And uh, I maybe want to talk about a little bit of your journey with skateboarding and how that's influenced influenced your artistry um, into Wave Gods as well. Well, that's <laughs> beautiful. Um, I, I appreciate you opening that up because it's 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 really dope how like skateboarding and I think about you with like the kendama and like actually all of us I mean you guys are the reason I ever picked that up at all which <laughs> I'm like a kendama. toddler in comparison <laughs> to these guys so you'll see Bodhi's videos about that but Ooh. to reel myself in for for the the response to this question you know um skateboarding for me is is definitely um I would say like one of my first loves and I just fell in love again with the the challenge and also the way that we see the world as skateboarders is so different and that's what got me hooked it was like where somebody saw a rail to put their hand on we're like how can we actually grind that rail yes. like how can, can we i do balance it? on that right like is that gonna be a thing and then that's same good. thing with like stairs you know i remember being in school like young young i'm talking like maybe like grade school and like everybody would be out front and like you know i grew up in madison wisconsin so it's not like california where like everybody's a skater so i was like kind of like the odd one out where it's like yo this dude really skates like this is insane so i remember like being a kid and everybody would walk up and down the stairs and then i would like be leaving school with my board and be like yo check this out and like there'd be like a double three set and of course i was so small that i would just ollie each one and everybody like, oh my god so sick you know, um, and, and, and what's dope is like the way that that harmonizes in now with what we do is like, it's, it's very synonymous, like the mystical energy of landing a trick, you know, whether it's like my favorite trick for sure is a 360 flip at, at this so day. Sick. It's so sick to watch. That's, the, a, that's a fun trick. That's the one for me. And I just love like the whole experience of like, it's almost like time stops in that moment and you're just watching the board and just like, it's, it's just a feeling. And that's yep. where it translates into with the crystals. It's like, like, like lately it, it's like, I'm not even moving my hands. It's just like, it's, it's just flowing. There's this energy that's coming through me that is just like, yeah, it's that's, beyond words. And that's where woe comes in. It's just a woe moment, you exactly. know, Exactly. where your spirit is just, it's already doing it, you know? And that's why I don't take, you know, credit. It's really that spirit energy moving through me. And I'm just a bridge. I'm just a conduit of that energy as we all are with what we do. And it's the same thing with skateboarding. It's like, it's hard to even understand sometimes when I've landed certain tricks, it's almost just like, you have to believe, you have to believe that you're going to make it work it's a matter of when not like if i'm gonna do it but like when am i gonna land that trick correct and and skateboarders go through a lot of punishment in order to get that feeling as we you know there's a lot of fail videos but you know somebody might eat crap eight to 50 times before they get that one that one hit but yeah it's a it's definitely something that you know once you get that feeling it's hard to forget it so you get after it and uh you grow and i think that's why i really appreciate any type of person that has a lot of passion for skateboarding for sure appreciate that man Yeah, man. so much respect for the skate 
surf and snowboarding community. One hundred percent. I feel like it's definitely very similar in different ways, but <clears throat> just the fact that yeah, they're willing to just throw themselves <laughs> off the side of a cliff oh and they're getting a thrill out of it. Or right. the fact that yeah, you'll spend seventeen hours on one reel just yep. to get that one clip. Kinda and all your homies are there supporting. I think for me <laughs> I, I skateboarded for like three months, I think, in seventh grade. The fact that you are committing to the fact that you will get hurt, I never could put myself past mm. that. And I was always just like, yeah, I guess it's not for me. I've Again, I have so much respect. I love watching skateboarding, anything, vert, street, doesn't matter. Like, it's just, but yeah, for me, I was like, I don't want to get hurt. I sadly. feel that. Understandable. Yeah. Quite understandable. It's so <laughs> sick to watch, though. I'm like, please throw yourself off that rail. <laughs> right. Like, I'm here to support you. If you landed, I have a hat in my hand for you, right? Which I've seen you guys do that before. So shout out yes. to you guys for that. Yo, I've seen that. that Encouraging. Rail. Exactly. Yes. You exactly. Know, culture and community building. It's, it's yeah, the specialty if, of this this group for sure. If you come down to Pacific Beach, we'll show you the rail that we're referencing right now. It's a doozy. We encourage people to <laughs> skate it. And if they can, because it's insanely gnarly, we'll give them, you know, a hat or some love, just some some form of whatever it needs love, to be. Yeah. Ow, ow. However gnarly they are. <laughs> um, so sick. Cody was telling me recently that back in Madison, Wisconsin, sometime around that time you performed around or with little dicky or i don't i didn't know anything about this i kind of wanted yeah. to get into that <laughs> what's sure. happened to that artist so side. crazy yeah yeah i appreciate you guys opening up that portal for me so um yeah so i was living in kind of like the the i'll try to contend this anybody that knows me is, is like <laughs> condensing for me is really difficult <laughs> so i'll do my best but i think it'd be cool for anybody who doesn't know me now to just give a little bit of a uh, kind of run up to what's going on so i was living in sweden and i was working with a skateboard company out there but also at the same time recording a mixtape and i was trading hmm. my wow. songwriting ability to uh have them record my mixtape and that was the deal so i would write them songs that they would pitch to major, major artists and then they would record my mixtape and um, once I had it finished, I just, and it's kind of interesting, talk about like divine right timing and just not even planning something, but it works out. Um, I was recording all the songs to Beats by DJ Payne One, shout out my brother, um, who also grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, but he was like the one producer that made it out, out and like did insane work, you know, most notable on the recession for Young Jeezy. Um, I finished that mixtape and actually hit him up and uh i hadn't met him in person yet which is actually so trippy and he hit me back and he was like dude who are you <laughs> <laughs> and and uh you know in that moment you never know what the response is going to be but i do believe in the law of attraction and manifestation i know we do as a collective crew here so i just threw that energy out i figured as much as i could do freely with my creative energy over his music would harmonize in the universe somewhere and it would come forth um and that's where that journey started so i i was invited to perform at my first live event with a recorded project with him and he was my dj at the time and from there uh, is when my original manager shout out Shaw evans i love you bro um he saw me in the crowd and was like yo dude i want to he's like I really, I want to manage you and I want to see what we can do with this music. So it just kind of naturally started leading into me, um, opening up for, for, um, you know, more major artists that were coming through Madison. Like, uh, I remember opening up for like high res before he got big. And then his managers, Andrew Lieber, another sh quick little shouty, who's, uh, 
he's actually managing to baby right now, which is insane. Hey. So he's made okay. insane leaps and bounds. Always Congrats, stayed humble. Brother. Congratulations. And the only reason I'm, I'm I'm bringing these up as well is to show the synchronicity between this group and these beings, right? Because these guys and girls, they are in that frequency of just humble and wanting to make positive change through art, music, and all these things. So, um, and that led me to those different platforms. And then, you know, Lil Dicky came up as an opportunity just to, uh, to bring that in. And I'll never forget that either, especially now with like just the monumental success that Davis had on Fox. I'm Ooh, like, whoa, great. what, what year was that exactly? I want to that... see, oh, the, the, when, when I, when I performed with him, it was 2015. Yeah. Okay. So that's at the beginning. Like, I'm pretty sure that's when it's they were dirty. first on the, on the rise with their tour. So yep, I remember talking to him and Gata and he was, <sighs> and they were, and they had told me that this was their initial tour oh, wow. where they did the kickstarter campaign that went crazy awesome. and they and that was the first time that i got a chance to meet them wow one of my favorite green rooms of all time i'm not gonna lie it was it was a vibe for I sure was just, i was just about to bring up another point is there any like highlight moments from any of those performances that really sticks out to you funny story or impactful or whatever it is like yeah this one's for california um i'm gonna do this west side this one up? time so I will never, ever forget. I had the opportunity to open up for people under the stairs, um, most notably wow. uh, recognized for their song Acid Raindrops. Yes. And uh, wow. I was able to, to kick it with them. And I remember shaking up Double K and I was like, yo, like you guys changed my whole life. So, like literally, like these were artists that made me and made us because it ain't about me, like made us fall in love with hip hop and made us see this like whole other vibe. And Honestly, that was one of my highlights was just to like, I don't know, it just made like superstars human for the first time to me. And it was like, yep. just like giving those guys a hug and then for them to like turn around and be like, yo, you're dope too. I was like, <sighs> talk what? about powerful. Yeah. We're all know? humans here. Yeah. So I would say like that was a huge highlight just because of how much I had idolized them as a young teenager uh, listening to most mostly that song like literally I, if you could look at how many times i've played that song over the course of my life and especially at pivotal times it's like so much so that was that was a big one for sure wow what year was that i would say that was right around the same uh no i think that was a little earlier than a little dicky so maybe like 2014 so maybe like a year leading into that and that was at uh the high noon saloon in madison wisconsin was was where they performed small like a smaller to mid-sized venue so it was also a very intimate experience so that's very special yeah quite powerful was wave gods a thing back then no no so okay. at that point uh starting in that right around 2012 to 13 area where uh the mixtape was coming out and things were starting um i was actually just doing music full time um and i felt very pri privileged excuse me to be able to do that and had so so much support from my family to really go after that and uh so it was just music and then of course in between shows just skating and we had like a line of merch as well um just to go along with the brand but it's kind of interesting you know like bringing it and tailing it 360 of what you said with your ayahuasca experience and things like that like i had a couple really powerful spiritual experiences as well that really led me to understand that even in those times I was definitely suffering from Maya, which is like, you know, this illusion, this massive illusion. And like, 
it was a journey for me to remove myself a little bit from what was going on and recognize the collective consciousness. And there was some growth that needed to take place. And that was the seed now that has planted this version of me and the artist I am in music. And now that energy is definitely what also birthed the wave gods because I was just done just being, you know, this some like somebody like, and, and that, that brings it back to Ramdas, which is a huge, like, cornerstone in my healing that's taking place right now as a person is just like I was suffering some from somebodyness and trying to be somebody and and now it's like I'm transitioning into realizing that we are absolutely all one first of all and that by just being and emanating creative energy in all these different realms that's what I'm here for and and it's opened up this friendship. It's opened up so many things when I remove myself from the equation and just recognize each other as sacred mirrors and sacred reflections. I feel like that's when I'm my happiest, first of all. And I feel like that's when I'm being my truest and most authentic version of spirit and come uh, and coming forth that way. So ready, set, whoa, you heard it here first from Mike. He is, um, a very special person we're super stoked to have him on this podcast right now enlightening us with um so many beautiful things about his past and i would really like to kind of get into the future a little bit and maybe see what some of your goals and intentions mm. are for 2022 and you know these next couple years coming up yeah i know as an artist as a recording artist and then growing a business <clears throat> the focus has to split at some point so i guess where are you at now with music is like or can we find a lot of your music? Are you making music now or is it mainly the wave gods that's kind of taken over? Yeah, no, beautiful question. So right now I do have a catalog of music available. You can check it out on Spotify, um, Apple Music, everywhere that music is played for free. And then anybody that just wants to reach out to me personally, I know that you talked about just getting a zip file with everything on it. So like if any DJs are watching this and want to spin my music, just hit me up um, and I'll send you a zip file with all my music so we can continue spreading what I've done up to this point. Um, and in terms of music on the way, um, I do have some finished material that will be coming out this year. Um, I have a new song called Zone, which is the next one coming up that we're going to be dropping. And um, from there, um, as Wasani so eloquently put it, you know, being another business owner that is a recording artist, um, he has a great understanding that you do have to allocate time or else things just simply don't get done in both realms. So yes, um, I would say my goal for 2022 is to uh, really just get that allocation going here. So that way I can bless the world both as the performer and singer songwriter and as the wave gods. Um, and I feel like when this year comes to a tail end and we look back at this and those things come to fruition, um, it'll be something to be really, really grateful for. And also really proud that, um, we took that step and recognizing that balance and we have to make space for those things. And that's something you and I've talked about before. It's like, if we don't make the space and time to do the writing, to do the video, to do the things. Mm -hmm. then it's just talking, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm really excited to put that into action for you guys so you guys can continue hearing uh, music from me and then also the music that surfaces throughout this collective. Um, like even at the beach the other day, just the electric energy of just like free flowing uh, with Dave was so powerful and it's just unlocking all these different vibes and sounds that I haven't even explored yet that are, are really powerful. 
Yeah, I'm not so, gonna lie. That session, um, Mike is more known for I would say his hip hop, but his reggae voice. Oh, I'm right. telling you, people, please stay tuned because that was something special that he shocked me, and I thought I knew it all with Mike and his music, <laughs> but just buckle up because whatever's on the horizon is gonna be. Have fire. you ever released anything Ooh. under that reggaeton? kind of yeah so one of my uh most popular songs out right now is called third eye wide oh that's right and that's the one that i produced all the way through so wow um so i did you know all the production all the all the vocals on that one and that is very much like a reggae style song um and i feel like really now i'm landing in my voice which i would say is melodic uh to say the least melodic hip-hop um with a with a with an influence of reggae um and also like dave had mentioned like i'm i'm becoming a structureless genre bending artist and i think the Mm -hmm. world is more than ready for more of those for sure as we know all of our favorite artists are pretty much that so yeah don't ever put yourself in a box and that's been my thing since day one like i've been actively trying to be like i don't want you to be able to look at me and and say what i'm about to perform for you guys facts yeah that comes as an artist for sure um do you have any artists if you had just a bucket list of artists that you could work with doesn't matter the budget Mm. who would you want to work with right now wow like currently that's a good question this year i would say if like budget wasn't an issue um i would love to do some work with like the rhyme series camp i've always been really attracted to what slug does as a as an mc he's one of my greatest influences i would say um that would probably be my number one. And again, it's kind of like coming full circle. He's, you know, from the Midwest, there's just like so much purity and like authenticity in his music, which I really appreciate in hip hop. It's just a lost art for sure, you know? Um, So that would be definitely at the top of my list. Um, I also really, really have to say that um, I super duper duper get down with evidence um, as well uh, from the Rhyme Sayers camp and I would absolutely love to do something with him as well, just because I love their body of work that they did as Dilated Peoples. Um, that was something I listened to a lot growing up. And I find myself going back to the Weatherman LP whenever I feel like I need inspiration, which was, you know, I guess his the way that he meshes with Alchemist, I feel like is is so inspiring. And like even his lyrics will talk about how like, you know, I turned on this Alchemist alchemist beat and how it it inspired him to actually write when he was at his lowest you know because he talks about very openly like you know losing his mom and a lot of different things that we all go through as humans um but yeah those two would be at the top of my list and then of course in our collective i'm looking forward to uh continuing expanding as well well hopefully yeah we can manifest that and see if we can reach out to those people somehow that would be so fire yeah we'll save that'd be cool ready set well right no limitations um do you have any concerts that you remember either attending or performing um since you've been a recording artist that really stood out to you as an artist that kind of inspired you in a different way maybe you opened your thought to like how you could perform differently or yeah absolutely so i would say like it's a two-part answer for that one um i actually did a rap battle but i'm not a battle rapper it was a perfect battle for me because it was actually like a performance battle so they were basically like kind of how it started was you know you'd have to get voted on just to show up in minnesota to do the actual performance battle 
Um, and I ended up actually winning that whole uh, performance battle in Minnesota. And then they put me on stage at Somerset Music Festival in 2012. Awesome. Shout out. I heard about that. Let's yep. go. And then, um, you know, that, you know, just being around, that was when, like, Yellow Wolf was super, still super, super prevalent. And then Pretty Lights was the, the headliner of that whole festival. So I got actually a chance to, like, shake him up and like some really powerful artists so that was like a huge cornerstone like just for for it going in that three sequence of like first like having the support of our fam fam base um and family to get me to that platform to even have the opportunity to get there and then you know performing and and having a solid body of work under my belt and and it's interesting because the reason i actually they had pulled me aside and said yo like you were the only artist that played all original music because there were some fire performers, but they were like going over Dre beats and they were going over beats that they were just like, and part of the actual like criteria in order to move forward was that it had to be all original. So I was very fortunate again. It's, it's again, a test of divine right timing, just being around the right people, you know, who were producing original tracks for me to perform with having good management and just really being in that frequency. And, um, in terms of like the tail end of your question of like how it influenced me to be better was definitely to like, just get ready for the big crowds, you know, and, and to really work on managing, um, like the humanity part of it, you know, um, and just making sure that I'm really solid up there. And I just really tap into that, that sacred frequency because it's like, you know how it is as a performer, you just got to get those first bars out and it's a done deal, you know, but leading up to it, sometimes it's like, that's uh, quite a few people out there. Here we go. Uh, how, you know? how big was that crowd? Um, I would say like into the hundreds, um, only for my set. I was on a smaller stage. Okay. Um, but the festival it's, itself is, a, is, a, is an awesome festival, and it was still a very humbling experience awesome. just being a part of it. It doesn't matter if it's five people, a couple hundred people, and as you, it's going to be thousands of people soon, but um, your energy is very calming, so just know that you definitely shine bright when the spotlight's on you. Appreciate that, brother, and, yes, and thank you for for the opportunity to to share that. I remember <clears throat> the moment I realized, just like within myself, that like this is a passion of mine and I want to really pursue this like seriously. Mm -hmm. Was on stage. It was actually my first performance. I was seventeen, mm. opening up for this guy named Mike Stud at the Observatory in That's Orange County. Sick. But just the thing about it was just like almost half the crowd was like our homies because like it was our first show. But it was just so easy to connect with the crowd and just so effortless. We didn't really like rehearse or anything and just like absolutely killed it. Um, do you have a moment where you remember like it clicking like, oh, like I, I want to pursue music like seriously, like this is, yeah, this is it. Dude, it's funny you say that. I actually opened for him too <laughs> a couple years ago. That's insane. Um, Shout out Mike. So <laughs> loving the, uh, the soul brother alert on that one and the synchronicity again, dude, it just shows over and over again when things line up. Um, yeah, dude, for me, I would say like probably even like as soon as grade school, um, I had this friend of mine, his name was Rudy Andre Hammonds. He still actually raps as well. Um, but he was like the first person that was like, yo, I know you can do this. And he would, he would just pound beats out on the lunchroom table and I would freestyle. And there would be moments where like, you know, the lunchroom would just be dead silent and just listening. And then, oh, Oh, and then I was, you know, at so that much hype at that moment, being that young and already getting that response, I was like, yo, like, this is definitely something I'm going to do no matter what. Um, I didn't really know what it would ever turn into, but 
um, I would say like that was the seed of it. And then kind of like you said too, like once I was presented with an opportunity to be on stage and I see all my friends out there and they're all vibing and like genuinely vibing with what I'm doing, I knew that it was a God call and that it was something that was meant to be. Was that around, you said high school or middle school? Um, so middle, I would say wow. middle school for the, gotcha. the beat tapping. Like oh, 12 year speaking old, of tapping. 11 year old Michael. Right. And so then sick. high so school sick. for the for the actual like first perform like I, I would say like my first first performance that was like anything at all was definitely like yeah so my senior year um I was invited to do like the senior like graduation show thing and like they had a major artist that was booked and they canceled so they just put me and all my best <laughs> friends up <laughs> and they, they, I, I remember epic. being on the announcements and I was like yeah so so and so couldn't make it and like you know, but it was that vibe though. It was like what the it's like what the 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 population of the school wanted anyway. They're like, wait, what? For like sure. you're gonna rap instead? Oh my gosh. Let's go. <laughs> so and that was just so powerful. And that was like so awesome too to just like be able to have all the homies up there rapping together. Like I feel like <laughs> that makes all the difference. <laughs> so yeah. awesome. Yeah, like all of us, yeah. It would it would just be such I'm a picturing s- it. synonymous vibe. Like had Jared or Andy or any of those guys been in this circle right now, it would already be like already a done deal. Like they would love you guys. It's so sick. So if we met the middle school Michael or the high school Michael, what like extracurriculars besides skateboarding we've touched on and music music we've touched on but like were there any other things that you did maybe you miss now doing that you're like oh, i used to do that i don't do that anymore yeah that's wow. or any like extra clubs like yeah like school, things that like, i was involved in yeah like um, were you uh t- what was it pa or no i was a i was a baseball player actually no um, way. yeah i was a baseball player in high school um i didn't even know if i made it to high school really oh, okay. maybe like the first year um and I, I loved it, you know. Um, what position did you play mainly? So I kind of rattled through a few of them. I was a pitcher for a good amount of it. Okay. I had a, a, I would say like a, a, a good arm for a young for a young guy. And then um, I started getting tendonitis in my right shoulder. I threw curveballs too early and <sighs> incorrectly, which is a pretty common story for a lot of young pitchers. Yep. Um, and then once that happened, they would kind of shuffle me around and then I just kind of realized like and also like what Sonny was saying earlier since I was also skating in tandem I'd be like yo can't play they'd be like why I'd be like I fell on my skateboard and I'm hurt so coaches eventually do not like that yeah there's typically yeah. a no skateboarding policy when you uh depending on what age you are yeah they don't they don't yeah. like strictly that. skateboarding so that's when I and also it was like you know if I could toss those two things in the air like if there were one, if there was one I could choose over the other like obviously it's skateboarding for sure so um but yeah i mean i've i've actually tossed around the idea as if i have the time but it would be kind of fun to do like a like a like a men's league or something like that just like once in a while and yeah like just, a, so- a softball league or something yeah. yeah where you just go around have some fun old man vibes let's go drink some beer the beer leagues are fun for sure definitely been a part of one. i don't of know if i've ever seen a softball or baseball one. i've definitely seen a lot of soccer and like basketball leagues but well, that's because you baseball. like soccer and basketball a little more than baseball, right? Personally, like I definitely in Aliso, there was a couple beer leagues that uh, Tyler, that's what they're called yeah. beer leagues. Yeah, because you literally go just it's an excuse for guys to drink beer and play baseball, softball, whatever's going on. Yeah. And for me, it would be definitely no beer, but definitely no beer. the softball thing would be a vibe. And yes. then I actually found uh, one of my one of my buddies out here, his 
wife's brother they do like a, a sober league which is cool too I so, like they'll, that. so they'll do like a whole different vibe just for for people who want to do it that way which is nice because literally the same vibe like growing up like all the older leagues like in in wisconsin of course are just like centered around almost everywhere actually it's pretty say. much centered around just having having a couple of brewskis and just chopping it up so so i personally don't drink <clears throat> because I don't know maybe my body just doesn't react really well to alcohol i also just don't like the feeling of like not being in total control i definitely dibble and dabble in other things like psychedelics and marijuana but never really was a super big fan of alcohol especially even in high school i remember when it was just done mm. socially i still was always like i would rather smoke and be chill than like act all crazy and not remember what i did so the next day and do you have any personal story or was it just kind of like you never really liked alcohol or for me um it just got to a point where it was leading me to things that were not good and then um the nail in the coffin is just literally me utilizing those things and also being a facilitator of a healing experience just does not jive it it's not align, yeah. no there's no way I, w I would lose all credibility as a healer that's facilitating public healing if I was, you know, doing that as well. So for me, like, it's just now about living most authentically in alignment with the person I am today. And and that is the most important thing. So that way, everybody who comes in and sees the vision of what we're doing knows it's coming from a pure place. And they have that consistency and that clarity every time and not just sometimes. Well, yeah, I will always be there with you not drinking because I just I will probably never like it again. Love that. About I don't you. anticipate that ever happening. Love that about you for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's the way for me at this point. Something we can definitely respect um, mental clarity and just keeping your yourself in a place where, you know, no numbing effects from that and just really being present and um that's something we re really admire as a, as a collective, you know, and having that same conscious thoughts for mm. sure. Appreciate you guys so much. So recently as a company, we are well just kind of transitioned to only using upcycled clothing when we're creating new collections or new lines or new designs as just our own way of like creating less waste. The more you dig into the fashion industry, the more you dig into really any industry that's kind of blown up now, you kind of find the dark secrets behind it. And mm. uh, nobody really talks about how much waste is being produced through clothing. Mm. And uh, so that's why we love to curate like really special pieces and make sure they're like hand done intentionally so that when people even do purchase them new for themselves, it's something that you're going to connect with more and not, you know, not care about this $10 shirt that you just bought from Walmart or whatever it is. Um, I've been lucky enough, though, to grow up with a parent who was always pretty mindful of stuff like that, caring about the environment and the harms and effects of different chemicals around me as a kid and stuff. Do you have any like personal practices that you have that could maybe help somebody if they don't have, you know, a way to practice being mindful or reducing the amount of waste they use or mm. maybe anything from your uh, childhood that your mom or dad is always like, oh, yeah, this is. It's just how you do yeah. this. No, absolutely. I would just say like, first and foremost, just having just the knowledge enough to know like what is recyclable, first of all. <sighs> right. I feel like that's a big problem starts. right now is that we yeah. think you can recycle certain things and then you put it in the 
uh, recycling and then they don't recycle it, which I get a lot of my knowledge uh, from Purpose First. I love that they are continuously putting knowledge out there on like wonky things that you don't think of or just like for me now, like to tail back into my 2022 uh, also list of intentions is like bring a coffee cup to the beach, you know, and stop buying these coffees over and over again with the plastic cups because those plastic cups over and over again, day in, day out, you know, that's something I definitely uh, can improve greatly on. So, um, you know, starting this coming weekend, I would love to be out there with my own coffee cup, still supporting the local businesses, of course. But I mean, there's just no need to use that amount of plastic. It's just insane. Um, you know, so, so that's important is just knowing what, what can we recycle? What can't we recycle? Keeping those things separate. Um, and just maintaining like for us, it's just about maintaining a clean space too. You know, just making sure yeah. that nothing's left behind when we do our events and setups, which you guys are extremely mindful about as well. And um, I also really love how you guys do the sustainable uh, mailing. Uh, I think that's a huge thing too. Shout um, out Eco Enclose. Yeah, so Eco Enclose. So that would be a direction that I would love to um, to move as well. We did uh, we did some of that, um, but I wasn't really stoked on. Uh, the group that we went with. So I'm going to probably have to look closer into like the partnership that you guys have. And um, it sounds like if you guys have been using them for a long time, that might be a more reputable source for sustainable packaging. Just so, you know, as our brands grow, we're not contributing more uh, to the, the issues of trash and things that don't break down. What was the first, it was a page or a website you mentioned the first. Oh thing? yeah. Purpose first. Is that a website? Beach cleanups. Um, it's just Instagram. an Instagram. So Purpose if you guys want to follow, it's at Purpose First Beach Cleanups. Um, they do a great job. They host beach cleanups in Pacific Beach. I'm pretty sure weekly now. I know there's one here on the 15th uh, outside Water Bar. So you guys can meet up there and they provide everything that you need. So just bring your human self and <laughs> you're good. Yeah, try and get involved uh, within your community, guys, whether you live coastal or not, there are plenty of ways to get out and get involved in helping reduce the amount of waste around us and keeping uh, keeping your areas clean. I love Surfrider Foundation, and that's uh, one of the charities we actually give a portion of our proceeds back to yearly. Um, if you just look up surfrider.com, I'm sure you can, they have a chapter in almost every city mm. in America. So a lot of people think it's like just a coastal thing. It's not, but there's so many other great um, companies out there, it's it's quite easy nowadays. I think if you're not being as mindful as you can, you're you're being ignorant. I think at this point. <laughs> yeah, there's so much free knowledge out there, guys. Yeah, for sure. Free knowledge and local artists in your community that are trying to push that aspect. So if you are trying to find your way, definitely just go to your local farmer's market, head down to thrift store, right. a thrift store. Just there's so many different ways that you can just start the process. And um, I'm excited for for us to continue to push what we got going on with We Are Woe because I think it's something that's super important to really help stop fast fashion and really mm. make sure that. Um, we're making every piece as special as possible so the lifespan of it, you know, can live as long as it can. Mm. I mean, essentially our goal specifically for 2022 is to not buy a single piece of brand new clothing. Nice. So essentially everything as far as clothing wise, not hat wise yet, not headwear wise yet, but as far as hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, we're just going to be thrifting them and then upcycling them ourselves mm. to redesign them. 
just to see if we can even make it through yeah. a year, how that business model kind That's of works. So and then hopefully to, to inspire other clothing brands mm. to be able to follow some similar model. We also right. like recently found um, a warehouse that uses 100% recycled cotton, which is a brand new technology. Whoa. And they're getting scraps from scrapyards of mm. places. Cotton, and not making, excess waste, yeah. Yeah, it's so it's awesome. So um, shout out everybody world in LA. Um, they started like four or five years ago. If you're looking for a sustainable way to start a clothing brand, Goodness. please look somewhere in that direction. Mm. Doing big things. And hopefully. if you're not clapping yet, folks, this would be a good time <laughs> to start putting your hands together. These are big waves that these yeah, guys are talking about and that we're all talking about as a collective. So it's, shout it's, out to you guys for that. That's huge. It can be definitely something very transformative for the fashion industry specifically. Oh, it's totally changing the whole trajectory of it, really. Is, yeah. If you think about it, especially with how popular it is now to just pop up with a brand. And exactly. that's what's automatically, again, setting this tribe apart is that that next level of intention, dude. I'm so stoked to hear all this. This is so exciting for you guys. Can't wait to continue uh, to pushing this forward. You are so closely aligned with what we are doing. Our paths are going to continue to cross over more and more, whether it be collaborations with our two brands or just, you know, collaborative pop-ups in whatever setting. Um, it's, it's a, it's a ride we're on together, bro. And I definitely, it, I, I kind of go back to when we first met at the beginning of 2021, I personally had to slow myself down with my relationship with you. Cause you know, when you connect with somebody so quick, you want to make sure it's real. And I didn't want to come off too strong. Honestly, I didn't want you to think I was a, a weirdo. Um, but you I are. just, I, I am a weirdo. No, <laughs> no, just so everybody gets it right. Um, who doesn't have a little weirdo in them, but no, Mike, seriously, bro, club. Mike's a weirdo too. I think that's why we jive so well <laughs> together because the you got to have fun in everything you're doing. And, um, real. our brands are giving us a chance to be able to, um, really live out our dreams and it's a special thing. So, mm. wow. Just, just yeah. know, I love you for that. And I'm eternally, eternally grateful to be a part of this same love you both we get so much inspiration from you and then touching on the whole upcycling aspect shout out to what's the brand um king's coast king's coast clothing definitely mm. check them out if you haven't they've inspired me a lot in 100%. thinking about different ways to be um more mindful of where we buy our clothing as a clothing company mm. shout out euphoria made she only thrifts and upcycles her stuff and impulse is a brand new brand that i've been introduced to that is also in that similar wave and mm. is you can find them around san diego so luckily we got embedded in this little community specifically in san diego that is trying to make major change and so it is helpful to be around people like you that are just really like pushing for you know what they believe in and doing it like wholeheartedly mm. each and every day it's it's honestly awesome so we get inspired by brands like that we appreciate it a lot appreciate you the honor is absolutely mutual Thank yeah. you for pushing us to be better every day, too. I love that that works that way, you know? So beautiful. Yes, sir. I wanted to take a quick moment to uh, get the fit check right, because um, not only am I repping really steezy sunglasses from uh, California Accessories. Drip and, check. And, drip check. And the drip check, check has, to, it has to happen Ooh. right now. I didn't want to forget about it. Let them know. Who are you wearing? Um, What's that so T-shirt? So right now uh -huh. I am wearing the Disaster Tee. It's from our good friend Nathan, um, an amazing brand called Unshook. Um, he's really making waves. He's hand designing, sewing, thrifting, and just, he's a really great inspirational guy. I know he got a lot of inspiration from the woe. We met him in mission beach where 
he was just looking to make a name for himself and looking to support himself with something. And he came up with this brand on Shook. Please go check him out on Instagram. Um, they also have music that's tied with it. So he is, he's on top of his stuff and I'm so stoked to have a piece from him. Um, I'm also repping a custom Wave Gods necklace piece right now. I have a centerpiece that was given to me by David James. Um, the and ohm then on there. That's the ohm, nice. yes, sir. Um, it's UV, reacts, it reacts in UV, so the sunlight when you move in, it also uh, it glows a little bit, which I think is super cool. Um, I'm fortunate that Mike was able to make me a custom beaded piece to go around it, and every day I wear it, I feel mm. so special just because I know how much intention was put inside of it. And also, um, I got some bracelets on me too, the triple stack today. So mm-hmm. feeling and the, extra the peace, love and happiness hat. Oh yes. The, the custom, so custom was so Whoa piece with lots of peace and love. Um, it's what the brand's all about. So it's a, it's a special piece for the collection. Yeah, man. I think we're going to wrap this up soon. This has been an epic, uh, journey and I'm so excited to see the waves that this creates for each other. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is a great community to be a part of, and we're so happy and thankful for everybody that is supporting We Are Well all around the world. It means the world to us that we get to wake up and do this mm. and get to meet people like you every day and re- interact with you guys. Um, thank mm. you again for joining us and giving us your time and much love sharing the energy that you do. It's, yeah, it's an absolute Very honor. Much a treasure. Truly appreciate being here. Thank you so much for the invite. My eternal gratitude for you guys um, inside and outside of what we do in the community. And, uh, you know, just to trail off um, Wasani, just also wanted to send a huge, huge thank you to everybody who's ever supported us as a brand, because I would not be in this chair right now had you not seen this vision that we also share as a collective. So thank you so much for helping me get here. I love you guys so much.